Kevin, my man. Hey, man. How you doing? Finally. Cheers, bro. <laughs> Cheers. What's happening, bro? Yeah, not much. Not much. Been busy at work. Um, but yeah, no, mostly the same old. So how have you been, man? Um, not bad. I think um, uh, at least I am slowly forgetting what the pandemic is. Oh, for yeah. Sure. Well, no. um, just trying to make things happen, going around. Started oh, a new job as well. Yeah, um, no. And I told you how it happened, right? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, we've been chatting um, offline a little bit. So, no. And I think um, you made the point about the everything being normalized a little bit. So, I think yeah. you can look at that as a good thing as well. Absolutely. Like, um, hopefully, like, things will be relatively back to normal. Mm. And you visited Melbourne as well. Like, you yeah, went there did, and you saw how things were different. Yeah, I did. Um, like, I think um, when I was back there, there was definitely... A noticeable decrease in activity. I think um, mm. when I was there, like cases were probably close to like twenty thousand or and plus a day. So, yeah, exactly. So I think um, people were definitely scared to go out. Like some um, people, mm. oh, like, like a lot of my friends, even like um, like I think Tom and Eddie. Like um, you've had them on your show. Yeah, um, they got COVID as well, and I potentially could have got COVID as well. So yeah. Yeah, you, know, you never know. So people, I think, um, yeah, well, they were either taken out or like them, they were just scared. Yeah, or maybe you did get COVID and you didn't know. Oh yeah, there's no, a, like uh, because I'm, um, like, there were, like, it was, it was impossible to get a rat's test, mm-hmm. and like, um, you heard stories of like people, like, um, like wanting to get, well, getting tests, but then like having to wait like seven days plus anyway. So, yeah. like, what was the point? Like, you might as well just bloody stay, like, seven days. Mm. And, like, if you, you did stay those seven days and, like, you found out, like, you were, like, negative, then what was the point of that? Like, I know. It was exactly. It's stupid. So, mm. I guess the thing about COVID is we are all learning uh, yeah, no. from everyone, from the general public to the government and mm. everyone making the rules as well. Yeah, no. And even no. people making the vaccine. Yeah, no. Like, I remember talking about the vaccine when it first came out, saying, oh, this is bullshit. Like, how can you make a vaccine in three months? But apparently, the vaccine has been in the works, the mRNA vaccine especially, is has been in the works for like 20 years now. Mm. All they had to do was modify it so they would work against COVID-19. Mm. So I guess we're we're all learning about it, mm. and um, yeah, especially when you when you hear all these news and things coming in into the media, mm. it, it makes it hard for the general public to, I think, maintain a solid frame of mind, mm. especially in terms of pandemic. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, people were scared, but I think now they're getting less scared, and the uh, the vaccine has a lot to do with that as well. No, I agree. So, <clears throat> I think um, definitely in the Western world, like. Um, did not experience like with pandemics like um mm. in like asia like we saw it, we saw on the news like there was like the sars virus and the bird flu well bird flu like to come over like it wasn't obviously like a pandemic in australia there weren't many cases so i think um at least initially you saw like um like many of the asian countries they handled the pandemic better because like they were they had experienced before like and then they knew it was about and, like they knew what worked mm. while we um at the start of the pandemic it was a bit of like lots, lots of miscommunications um, and stuff like that. Someone's at the door. Yeah, sure. Oh. <laughs> Come in. What's up, there you go. Oh, throw a pizza. Oh, throw shit. <laughs> okay. All right, anyways, don't put this yeah. <laughs> down. Um, <clears throat> that was the third pizza, by the way. So oh, just good. for the benefit of the guest who's listening, or sorry, the listener who's listening, we ordered pizza um, and the driver came in. He gave me three boxes, two pizza and a box of fries, chips. Um, but apparently it's not mine because my housemate, James, just bought me another box of pizza. It's three pizza. So the first two were for the wrong person. Uh, but yeah, you were saying, we were talking about... Uh, <laughs> I can't I remember what you were saying. I was listening I, to the pizza store. I was going to say, like, you were very lucky, man. Sometimes oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. You just get lucky, man. <laughs> so um, that's... Lunch and dinner for tomorrow sorted, right. I think. Yeah. Great dinner. Live like a pig. Uh, <laughs> that's my tagline. <laughs> but no, I remember we were talking about Asian countries, and I wanted to ask you, do you know which countries did best? Um, so I think initially, like Taiwan and um, Vietnam as well, um, they had like um, <clears throat> obviously experienced, like they were like right at the like epicenter of the like um, 
I think it was the SARS virus, but like one of the like um, other viruses that you read about um, in the 2000s and stuff like that. But like um, at least initially, they were like um, they had it all under control. Um, there weren't like many deaths um, compared to like um, what you're seeing in like um, mm. countries in Europe, like especially Italy, the UK, and um, the US and stuff like that. Because yeah, mm. <clears throat> those countries really hadn't experienced like um, pandemics mm. like those Asian countries did. You reckon it was a problem in the re- uh, reporting of the numbers rather than the control, the fight? Um, so there have been like, um, like I think, um, yeah, concerns raised about some of the statistics, um, um, like the cases reported in some of those countries, especially like China and stuff like that, and maybe Vietnam. But um, mm. I think um, at least um, there are also, like I think you just can take it as um, what you see as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? What a, what a crazy time, though, the, the, the past few years, right? Yeah, no, of course, yeah. Right? Lots of change. Like, you couldn't have predicted it until, 100%. until it actually happened. Like, I was working for a travel insurance company when the pandemic first happened. So, you can imagine we were going to work normally in January. Uh, yeah, in January and February, you're going to work normally, right? And on the 87th page of the product disclosure statement, which mm. is the terms and conditions of um, the insurance product, there was this term pandemic and what the definition was mm. nobody gave a shit before mm. february right and then came march in 2020 and then people started calling in regarding mm. that what the definition entailed and we had to make a few revisions because the um the underwriters saw that this was going to be a huge thing it was going to affect the the direction of where the company was going to go and that's it came march and we had like 3000 calls to be answered by 20 people mm. on the phones it was crazy. It was a crazy time. Mm-hmm. And even then, we didn't think what the what the impact was going to be. We, mm. we, we thought it was going to be like SARS or right, something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just going to disappear in the air. Mm-hmm. But no, look at us now. Like the things we've, we've been through and the things we're working on, um, a, a few countries still haven't managed to control it the way mm. they should have um, or... You know, unfortunately, they couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Infrastructure, budgeting, yep. education. There's a lot of factors we there can talk about. Close. But um, but certain countries are like the vaccine. Like Australia has 95% vaccination mm. rate. That is incredibly high. Mm. 95%. My home country, Nepal, has what? Well, we just um, crossed 50%, mm. I believe. Uh, but yeah, the world's not equal right now. No, but, no, no. Agreed. Like I think... Yeah. You're seeing, like, um, a lot of the developed countries, like, they've got all the vaccines and stuff like that, but the <clears throat> developing countries, such as, like, Nepal that you mentioned, but, like, a lot of um, other developing countries are sharing similar experiences. Like, all the vaccines, like, obviously, um, everyone is working to their own interests. Every country is working to their own interests, and that just leaves the developing countries left behind, left to fend for themselves because everyone's just focused on themselves. I want to get your view on this. Uh, you know, they say a lot of... Um a lot of people say traveling is either going to be a luxury, mm. as in it's going to be super expensive even to go to Bali or the US mm. or Europe, because we haven't traveled for two years, and now only the rich can travel first because mm. they can pay the money. Uh, either that, or it's going to be super cheap, and then you mm. know, hotels are going to open up again, and they're going to reduce the cost of the, pri- the tickets, mm. and it's going to be back to normal. What mm. do you think is going to happen? I know it's all speculation right now, because mm. we haven't really full-fledged, full-fledgedly traveled, but... How do you think it's <clears throat> I think um, probably in the medium term, I think it will be like prices will go back relatively to normal. Like probably be back um, <clears throat> pre-COVID. Like um, I think, especially in like um, the more developed countries, I think people, like most people at least, are very keen to travel. And then there'll be like the well, demand will probably be lower than it was like before pre-COVID. I don't think there'll be much significant difference. So I think there'll be. <clears throat> Like um, a reasonable amount of demand for um, like flights overseas, and then you have like the <coughs> like the well, like uh, the airlines willing to provide that at the reasonable price. Yeah, are you a traveler? Uh like a little bit. I haven't done that much traveling, but I did go to. I've been to like a few Southeast and Asian countries. Like I've been to Vietnam a few times, which is my where my parents were from. 
I don't understand this about Australians like you, man. Like, you've mm. got one of the most powerful passports in the world, yeah. right? You know that. Yeah. Like, you can travel to more than, what, 180 countries yeah. in the world? And mm. a lot of people don't travel. Oh, I think uh, most people I may have traveled, but like, um, nah, trust me. Like, I, I've met quite a few people who've never even left the country. Okay, I've been yeah. to New Zealand and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I'm saying that is because 180 countries to be for you to be able mm. to travel is a fucking lot. Mm. And you agree, right? I know. Because to give you context, the Nepalese passport that I hold, Mm. we can travel to 42 countries Mm. without a visa. Mm. And the 42 countries are countries you wouldn't wouldn't really travel to Mm. on a a tourism basis. Mm. So... Uh, I see a lot of Australians not making use of that, and um, mm. you should you should realize how lucky you are. Oh, no, no, like, um, <laughs> like definitely the pandemic has made us um, like how lucky we really are, and like um, that we can actually go like traveling, and, like what it's like to be taken away from you. So, mm. like definitely once um, things get a bit back more normal, then like I'll definitely be looking to go overseas a bit more. Where do you want to travel next? Um, probably, I would say somewhere. In Europe, I reckon. Like, I haven't been to Europe before, so um, one of those countries, just um, seeing what that's like, experiencing a new culture. Like, I've been to Asia a couple of times, so I've seen, like, at least something like that. But, like, yeah, Europe will be a new experience. Yeah. What's your background? <laughs> okay, um, yeah. No, um, <laughs> I'm asking a lot of direct questions, man. No, no, it's <laughs> yeah. all good. It's all good. Yeah. Um, so, my um, <clears throat> parents were born in... Um, Vietnam, but mm. then like um, my grandparents were born in China, but then they um, obviously moved over to Vietnam where my parents were born. Oh, nice! Yeah, a lot of do a lot of people say or mistake you for being Chinese? Oh, so like I guess I could like I feel like Chinese, Vietnamese, Australian. So like mm. like I'm not offended if people like mistake me for Chinese yeah. and like honestly like. I get mistaken for like Japanese. I've been mistaken with Japanese, Korean, and like I don't get defended. Yeah, that's fine. I, I mean, I get uh, I get mistaken for being Indian, and yeah. at first it was slightly offensive to yeah, me sure. because it's. I think that one of the reasons uh, being like India and Nepal, we've always always been so close, mm-hmm. right? And there has been like India has helped us quite a bit, and we've helped India mm-hmm. quite a bit as well. There's open borders, there's mm-hmm. a visa to go to India or for Indians to come. Like you could legit cross the border, go mm. to India, and just live there for the rest of your life, mm. and nobody would ask a question. It's free border. Mm. Um, but for some reason, uh, when a lot of people mis- uh, mistook me for being Indian, it it kind of, it was, it was not offensive. It was just, it didn't feel right. Mm. It didn't feel good. Because, no, no, no. yeah, because no, I think the one of the reasons now that, that I think of it is because I want Nepal to be known to people yeah, no, like Nepalese <laughs> exist, like Nepalese people, mm. you know, we look like Indians mm. because India is a more popular country in Asia, mm. but we do exist. And, yeah, no, of course. Yeah. And I think that that was one of the reasons why I got offended. You yeah, know, I think um, a lot of it is just um, with assumptions as well. I think... Um, like people just assuming that um because you might have like um the appearance of um being uh, someone who is Indian like they just assume you're Indian which is mm. like just not really fair I think yeah and I I didn't grow up in this country and no. um, I, I sort of I wonder how it would have been because I was talking to a friend like long time mm. ago and um he was born here and mm. his his background is Vietnamese as well and. Mm. I asked him if, what he thinks, as in, do you, do you feel more Vietnamese or mm. feel more Australian? Mm. And he's he's twenty four years old, and he was born here, mm. but he felt more Vietnamese yeah, than Australian, okay. and that blew my mind back then. Yeah, no, no, I think um, definitely people or people of color they can made to be feel outsiders of because, like, I think most people's um. <clears throat> vision of what the typical Australian is, is like someone who is like a white Australian. Yeah. And that like everything kind of revolves around that, like Australian culture mm. revolves around that, like um, sport, beer, like um, stuff like that, which is obviously stuff that um, like people from, uh, people from different cultural backgrounds can obviously enjoy, but then mm. especially in the media, it's not really shown that way. Yeah. Like you can be made to feel like an outsider, even though you were born here. Mm. In in your experience, how do we make a system 
or let's say just to keep things simple for the sake of simplicity um like a team more how do we make how do we make things more comfortable for people mm. who just don't join the team let's say for example someone who's just come from india right mm. and they've joined a team in australia mm. and how do you think an organization can be made more inclusive yeah sure um so i think um it's just having like some of these conversations so like you mentioned you did you felt like um that you were uncomfortable when someone assumed that you were Indian at first. Yeah. Yeah. Did you raise it with that person? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah I think um, a lot of people actually don't do that. Like they just like just push it aside. I mm-hmm. think um, a lot of this um, stuff is about having like difficult conversations and like raising like how you feel like um, when things <clears throat> aren't okay, like just raising it. Um, and creating awareness of these issues that like um like you shouldn't make unfair assumptions stuff like that um and just increasing like cultural awareness cultural understanding i think mm. this would be one of the um main places i would start with um there's a lot, obviously a lot, of, a lot of ways i would you can also talk about representation like i touched um touched about that um earlier like um especially in the media like um where you don't really see, um, mm-hmm. at least before, like you really didn't see anyone else other than just um, white Australians when like about, I think it's like 20% of um, Australians come from like an Asian uh, background or something like that, or mm-hmm. Asian or a non-Anglo-European um, background. But you yeah. just didn't see that reflected in like the media at all. Mm. And I think um, you really can't, like um, there's like a saying, like you can't really be what you don't see. Yeah, 100%. I think you raised a very important point about having a conversation. And I think today, a lot of people don't talk mm. when I say that, as in they don't really have an open communication. Mm. If something's not right or if, if you're not feeling good about something, we don't really talk to the other person about no. it. No. We tend to keep keep it in ourselves yep. and act on it passively or aggressively and and just make situations worse, mm. in my opinion. And I think communication, even though it has been taught to us since a very long time, when we were children, yep. basically, like we don't really, we don't do that in the correct format. We no. think communication is forming a nice email, yes. or it could be like answering the telephone in mm. a proper mm. or uh, um, a nicer etiquette. But mm. I think communication for me, from what I've learned in life is, just making sure that the person next to you or mm. the person across you or the person or everyone in the room is comfortable expressing sorry expressing their emotions with each yep. other and being comfortable about it mm. no I, I do agree i think um definitely like um especially with the rise of social media you do hear like these kind of echo chambers like people um Wanting to only really communicate with people who share the same or similar opinions with them. They don't want to be challenged. Yeah. Which is yeah, pretty much what you're saying, I think. And that's how the cancel culture came out oh, as well, yeah, exactly. I, I believe, right? Exactly. Like, you want to hear what you, what you believe in. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, you want to cancel any opinions that are different from you, which yeah. is, like, I don't think it's the right way to go about it. I think you... Like you do, do, you do need to have like these um, kind of debates, and like some people aren't going to need to feel uncomfortable. Like that's how mm. I think progress is made. I was listening to a Jordan Peterson interview once, and he said the exact same thing that you mm. said. Like it's you've got to have uncomfortable conversations in order to think about something mm. progressive. Yep. about the future. And a lot of people have not been able to do that right mm. now. And. No. I was watching this another video again of people who were born in the 2000s. Mm. I mean, it's uh, it, it's crazy if you think about it. People born in 2000 are 22 right now. Yes, yes. it's isn't it crazy. Yeah, no, no, no. I feel very old nowadays. Yeah. What year were you born? <laughs> 93. 93. I'm 92. Oh. And you don't look it, man. You don't look it. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like the world changed so much from 92 to mm. 2000 and 2001, mm. right? Um, 
it, it's like but right now when if you go into social media you've mm. got to be so careful yes. about what you speak yeah. and from for someone who's listening who's who's been listening to podcasts mm. all his life for years and years and who's listened to people talk about it, expressing themselves about emotions mm-hmm. and expressions and race and culture and having mm. difficult conversations it's so disheartening mm. seeing the cancel culture like yes. even right now uh, one of the most popular podcasters Joe Rogan and someone who okay. I really look up to like he's being canceled right now okay. so someone uh, made a like he's had seventeen hundred episodes, mm. right? Seventeen hundred episodes, three hours. Mm. Each, so you can you can imagine how much he's spoken mm-hmm. about things, right? And he's one of the biggest, like most diverse podcasters in yep. the world. And someone made a video, uh, like a compilation of him saying the N word. Yeah, okay. Just out of full, fully out of context. Yeah, right. And um, they put it on CNN. Mm-hmm. They put it on big news channels, and they're trying to cancel him. Mm. And all Joe Rogan's trying to do right now is have a conversation. Like, he wants to sit down and talk. Mm. Like, he's had big figures come in, and they talk about controversial topics, which needs to be talked about. Mm. He's had, like, difficult conversations with people and mm. just important conversations about COVID, which mm. is not really seen in the mainstream media. Mm. And people look at this, and it's so different to what's on the news, what's mm. on the media, what's against a belief, mm. and they try to cancel him. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I'm not, like, I'm not 100% following the story, but I'm... Um, I think um, definitely, like, there can be, like, some times that where you are taken out of context, but I don't think it's, like, right to say the N-word um, as a starting point. But, like, obviously, you don't have the mm. right context about that. Mm. And he apologized for that as no, well. No, no, no. I think yeah. um, if he is, like, trying to have, like, a conversation about, like, um, like why is he saying the, and why he said these things and, like, like how he's learned from it, then that's okay. But if they're still, like, trying to cancel him for that, then obviously that's not a good thing. Yeah. But, yeah, no, like, um, bringing up someone's history um, when, like, um, maybe the times were different, but I don't think at the N-words um, ever been okay. But, like, there have been, like, cases where, like, um, it was just, like, a different time, but then you're bringing, like, um, things that were accepted during that, more, more acceptable during that time, but then, like, you bring it, like, now, like when it was like 20 years ago, it's, yeah, I don't think it's a, right. I mean, that's like too good. And it's such a dangerous thing for anybody, mm. right? Right? Like you do things when you're young, mm. you do stupid things when you're young. Mm. At least now people are seeing the power of social media mm. and they've sort of, they've stopped putting their life outside. Mm. I've noticed that, yeah. um, like we've, if you go to a party or something like that, like if you find something interesting, people have stopped putting it out there. Like okay. if it's, mm. if it's out of the ordinary. Uh, just the fear of that, that being cancelled yeah, no, and no. stuff like that. No. But uh, but you look at th- times back then, like, uh, I r- remember this case, um, the Chief Justice of the USA, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, back in 2014, okay. I believe. Mm. Um, he was applying for, like, he was being considered for um, the mm. Chief Justice position. And yeah. he is 60 right now, and his life was being... Um, in, uh, thoroughly investigated ever since he was 20 from Harvard University or yeah, one of those course. Ivy League yeah. colleges and uh, he was found to have um, like there was cases of se- sexual abuse mm. and drug abuse and stuff like that which is completely not okay no. and um, but apart from that at like cases of him partying like a, a normal party as well like everything was being dug upon mm. as well. and it was just crazy to see and that was 2014 mm. I think around that time oh, Brett Kavanaugh yeah wasn't he like more recent, like during the Trump administration? I don't, I don't remember. That's the yeah, thing. Okay. I don't recall like a class like that, but um, I think um, when you are going for like, like those kind of positions, like you can expect um, like a level of scrutiny um, that you wouldn't like be seeing like for people like us who are just hmm. normal, like yeah. aren't in the public sphere. So while yeah, um, well, it might. Some I see it as unfair. Like it's probably just the reality of the situation, especially in the political game where like um, the other side is always trying to get like that little bit of dirt on you. Especially the politics, right? Yeah, exactly. Political game, hundred yeah, exactly. percent. Yeah. yeah, whatever you can get, whatever exactly. dirt you can get. Exactly. Do you think it's gonna it's gonna be better in terms of the cancel cancel culture being cancelled? Uh, <laughs> I think um, I'm not hundred percent sure to be honest. I think. Um, but there'll all still be elements. I'm not sure if like um, there might be sort of like um, a reverse effect where like people do like kind of rebel against the cancel culture. Like you did see it with um, 
Donald Trump a little bit, but like um, probably not so much as in Australia. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a like a growing um, like a phenomenon of that kind in Australia, like where people just saying like screw it, like I'm just going to say whatever I want. I don't care. Mm. Yeah, I think the problem is people who want to cancel somebody, mm. they're. They're so active on social media, mm. whereas the people who don't give a shit, they're mm. not on social media yeah. anymore. And there's a very, there's a minority of people on social media who don't give a shit and say mm. whatever they want, they, whatever they feel like, mm. right? Even if the opinion is controversial. Mm. And 90% of the people who want to cancel, like, woke, mm. they uh, they just go after them. Mm. And I, th- I think that's what the problem is right now. Mm-hmm. Someone mm. said Twitter is the water cooler of our society today. Mm. But Twitter is getting so bad, apparently. I've never been on Twitter. No. And sometimes, you know, you've got to follow your instincts, right? Mm. I used, I try to use Twitter and there's so much noise okay. out there. Yeah, no, I don't follow Twitter much at all. So, like, I... Well, I, like, do read, like, um, some of the, like, more common tweets. Like, I don't see, like, what... The normal people tweet, so yeah, yeah same, so. same. If I'm on Twitter, I, I try to follow my team, like you know, favorite football yeah, exactly, club, yeah, exactly. or a um, or a certain popular person that, mm-hmm. I, that I really adore. Yeah, don't know. And um, that's it. But I tried at one point in time. I was on Twitter and I was mm-hmm. following people with uh, who stated their opinions. But there's so much noise out there. Like everybody's because apparently Twitter does not have an algorithm. Okay, it yep. didn't have an algorithm mm-hmm. at least three or four years ago. Like mm-hmm. so, you could see whatever was being posted. Mm-hmm. Right. So you had a lot of opinions coming in. Unlike Facebook mm-hmm. or TikTok, like you have algorithms. Mm-hmm. You like a certain type of content. Content. Mm-hmm. The application knows exactly what you like, mm. exactly what Kevin likes. Yep. The next video you see would be very closely related to what you've already liked. Mm. And eventually, they know you so well, they know Kevin so well, mm-hmm. that they show you content that really makes you happy, that makes yeah, your heart skip no, all no, the no. time. And you're there on the bed, three hours using your phone, just scrolling for TikTok. That's what that's what they're doing. Mm. I don't know. Those algorithms are very, very powerful. And like, um, I think... Um, like, definitely Facebook, I'm pretty sure. Like, you can see those targeted ads, like, even though you haven't been really searching on it, but, like, you did talk about it, but then you see targeted ads on that. So, yeah, it's a bit dodgy, but, yeah, I guess it's the reality of our life mm. nowadays. Some people like that, though, as in okay. being targeted yeah, by ads. Yeah. What, what do you think of that? Uh, to be honest, I'm not that fussed. Like, um, sometimes, like... um. I actually do click on those ads and then, like, yeah, if it's a good idea, like, I don't care, to be honest. Like, um, obviously, I do, like, a <clears throat> certain level of privacy, but, like, um, mm. it's not, like, always going to be in my mind. I'm not sure if I'll campaign against it, but um, I guess I don't, I'm not 100% sure exactly what they do know. So, maybe if I didn't know, like, my opinion would be different. Mm. The same with me as well. I don't really care. Um mm. Unless it's listen to everything I say. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, I mean, um, I remember I wanted to buy one of those mattresses and they started throwing me advertisements mm. on mattresses and I, I found a really good deal. Mm. So, I didn't want to complain back then, but mm. I look at what the implications in the future could be about all of this data mm. being gathered and um, where it is being stored as well. Mm. And... Yeah, I guess right now it it seems it, we're still in the if you if you put this in on timeline we're mm. still I feel like we're still in the normal phase mm. as in it's it, 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 it there's no red alert yet mm. but I think what's to come is we we don't know. Oh yeah, can, it's very hard to predict how how it will, like um how it will go in the future. Yeah, but I like what you said. Like you don't give a shit. Like you're not really bothered, and that's what I like about you, Kevin. Like, wow, thanks. I, I remember you, I met I met you at um, Tom's party back then, and then um, Eddie's party later on, yep. uh, a few months after. And I think you were one of very few people who remembered that I had a podcast. Yeah, and, uh, and here we are. And yeah, it's, no, no, I, I think um, you seem quite passionate about it, and I think. Um, one people like um one way to get like um like for people to remember you is to actually like um, remember like um stuff about you that you hold dear and like um obviously yeah that's a st- conversation starter in the future I think it just builds report yeah. yeah 
but I really liked it. And I came came home and I remember just sending a few messages to my friends um, abroad saying, you know, yeah. there's a person at the party who really remembers I had a podcast. <laughs> and it was so, it's such, so it's so important. And I, I, I like to share these emotions mm. because um, not a lot of people share these emotions. <laughs> and I, 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 it was such a huge moment for me because you're trying to do something and you don't know where it's headed. Mm. Right, you don't know how big it's going to be, or how small it's going to yeah. be, or if, if it's making an impact or not. Yeah, no. You, you just, you know, you turn a microphone, your fucking camera on, a few microphones on, and you're just talking, and you don't know where it's going to go, really. But hmm. for someone to remember that you have a podcast hmm. and come up to you and say that, "Hey, what about that?" It's 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 an incredible feeling. No worries, man. Happy to do it again. No, I'm like, I think, yeah, as I said before, like, um, just remember little things, um. And then, like, you know, if you do bring it up, um, it can be like um, some people, obviously, like you do appreciate those kind of things. Do you know? Do you know the business card trick? What's the business card trick? Um, so when you go to a um, sales meeting or a normal meeting with somebody, oh. and they give you a business card, oh. uh, they say write everything you talk about with that business person on oh. the card they give you oh. at the back. Yeah. Right. Let's say, for example, if you have a child, write 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 that Kevin has yeah, a child yeah. or uh, if you recently got married mm. right that you recently got married or you bought a house and then mm. use those tips to, in order to clinch a bigger sale in the future mm-hmm. I'm not saying you're trying to sell me something or, no no no, no, no. <laughs> but um, like I don't I don't write stuff down I just remember it all in my head <laughs> <laughs> but but rapo is a thing right yeah exactly yeah I think um, well I wouldn't say like I'm much um, too much of a people person I think um if you do want to, like, um, like kind of get a head of life, like, a lot of it is, like, building that kind of rapport with people. Mm. Are you? Do you consider yourself an extrovert or no, introvert? introvert, for sure. For sure? Yeah. What makes you say for sure? Uh, so, I definitely, like, I'm comfortable being alone. Um, and, like, I do have, like, um, like, solitary hobbies and stuff like that, like video games, like, going to the gym by myself, watching. Like, I like watching movies by myself, like, watching mm. sport by myself. So, you know, like, I think, um, and I do gain energy um, uh, by being with my, by myself. Like, mm. I'm happy to go to, like, um, parties and all those, um, like, um, places with the crowds, like, um, festivals and stuff like that. Mm. But, like, I don't, I don't, that's take a bit out of me over time. Mm. But that's the most beautiful thing ever, right? Being alone. Yeah, no. I, I love it as well. Are you, I, I, are you an introvert or extrovert? I don't know. Here's the thing. I love being alone. Yeah. I, I love I love going to movies by mm. myself, mm. just going to restaurants by myself. Mm. I love being engrossed in my thought. Mm. Like I go for a 30-minute mm. walk every morning, just thinking, listening to music. I don't want to be with anybody for that 30 minutes, right? Mm. I don't use my phone for texting, anything mm. at all. And even throughout the day, I keep thoughts to myself and I think about it mm. and uh, I communicate with the most important people in my life. Mm. However, um, I know I'm an introvert that way. However, sometimes I've I really got to have this, um, I've, 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 I've got to let this energy out mm. like at least once a week or mm. once every two weeks. I've got to go to a party and just mm. dance my heart yeah. out or go somewhere, give a speech, like, you know, some mm. uh, humorous speech or have this, this mm. kind of conversation, like talk to people, right? Mm. I've had a like, I've had five rigorous hours of work today, but yeah. this is giving me energy and, yeah, I, and I freaking love it. So I don't know. That's why I asked, how, what makes you say for sure that you're an introvert? I don't know. That's the thing. Um, so there is like a term called ambivert, which sounds like you probably are one, which is like um, somewhere in the middle of an introvert, uh, extrovert. But like, um, how do I know? Like, I think it's just like... Like, just where I get my energy from. So, I think the technical definition is, like, where do you get your energy from? And I do get my energy from being alone mm. rather than from people. Yeah. D- describe this energy. Sorry if I'm being a bit oh, intrusive. No, but- no, no, it's fine. Like, it's just, um, like, if you feel tired, then sometimes you just want to be alone. Um, mm. And that's how you recharge. Well, I think um, how I understand it from extroverts, I get they feel tired then they have to like go speak with someone or hang around people and that's how that's just a crazy thought for me yeah i know exactly like i I know it's weird but like that's apparently that's how some people feel yeah i'm like how do you why why do you want to talk to people when you're down as in you know what i mean when you're tired (laughs) yeah 
Well, some I guess that's the introvert brain yeah, talking, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So it's just a different perspective that, like, I'm not going to obviously, like, see it because I'm, I'm someone completely different, but mm. it's something that I can understand. Yeah. I go to concerts and stuff like that. And when mm. I go, go to concerts and festivals or even a house party, mm. like you've met me at Eddie's yeah. and Tom's. Like I can't, uh, I've got to be out there and talk to people and dance and just shout mm. and just, just make, uh, make some noise. Mm. Uh, I've got to be there. But mm. that's just me. Like once, once a week and I'm done. I can't do it the same the, the second day again. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Right now, I'm an international student, basically mm. in Canberra, and mm. I spend um, a lot of my time in this room. Yeah, and I think about it, right? I think about how much time I spend in this room. Mm. It's just crazy, bro. I'm telling you, like, I, I recently started a job that I told you about, yep. but before that, I think about the time, like, five, basically five days a week, I'm spending in this room, just working on my computer, working on the podcast, right? And then yeah. I worked on the weekends before I got this job. Mm. And five days a week in this room, just working on the computer, and it didn't feel like time wasted. It felt yeah. like time gained, like yeah. energy gained. Oh. It's just crazy, man. I think if you enjoy that kind of stuff, then that's completely fine. I think yeah, don't if someone if people are saying that that's like not right, then just ignore them. If yeah, you, if you're enjoying it, then mm. keep doing it. I think I've had the best conversations with introverts. Oh, really? For sure. Yeah. Who else has been an introvert that you interviewed? I think Eddie considers himself an introvert. Okay, interesting. Um, Eddie really tries. I'm not sure if he's listening to this, if he will listen to this podcast. Okay. Uh, but uh, he he tries and um, he he goes, he, he's out there talking mm. to people, right? Like he's really, he's, and it's his words, it's not mm. mine. It's his words. Like he's really, he's making an effort mm. to go and talk to people. Yep. Whereas Tom, who's an extrovert, yep. right? He... He's not making an effort. Like no. he has to go and talk to somebody. It's it's very natural. Mm. Like the steps he takes to get to that person, mm. and he doesn't have to think about the conversation he's going to have. Mm. Whereas Eddie and I, we think about the conversation we're going to have. We oh, yeah. plan things yeah. out. Yeah. So Eddie's been one of them. I'm not sure I've had this conversation with Vin, but uh, Vin, I think, is an ambivert as well. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, but other people, like my friend Jackson Wilder. Okay. I say this quite often, man. I, I fucking love love that guy, and okay. I, I feel like everyone should have a friend like Jackson. But he's an introvert as well. Yeah. Okay. But when we sit down to talk, and when we go out or do something, like we we really make things happen. And okay. maybe it's because I consider myself an introvert, leaning more towards ambivert. Mm. That's why I enjoy his company. Or mm. I don't know. What do you mean by make things happen? <sighs> We, for me, at least for me, making things happen as in we talk, we sit down and yeah. record a fucking long ass podcast. We talk Thank about, you. we touch on different things, but when we go out, we just enjoy ourselves mm. in a party or whatever. Like yep. we, I, I worked with him for quite a few years and I remember us having these incredible um, company parties and we just had a lot of fun. And we, and uh, on this day we look back and we think about that, that that duration mm. and we're like fuck those were good days mm -hmm. like those those are never coming back that's the worst part about it mm. but you know to be able to live the, that kind of life was um you know it's we, we consider ourselves lucky you are lucky man you are lucky well is it because of jackson oh for, for the world man you have a good <laughs> life <laughs> i mean oh well yeah you know what they say, like if you've if you've passed high school, if you yeah. can speak English, if you've if you've got at least two friends, and you've got dinner on the table, mm. three three pizza boxes of pizza, right? Mm. You're more successful than eighty five percent of people in the world. Mm. So in that way, maybe yes. Mm. You don't feel lucky. Um, I do. I think recently I've started feeling lucky because of the fact that I think about what it takes to be born, mm. right? If, you know, if my parents decided to have sex a day before, then, the, mm. <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't be here, yeah. right? Okay. Like anyone, like it's the same with you as well or anyone, mm. right? So mm. you, you were born at the right time because mm. of the things that happened. Mm. The, the chances are minuscule. Yeah. No, it definitely is. And there you are, you're complaining about a Monday mm, and the mm. fact that your your pizza is late. Yeah. And stuff like that. Mm. And that way I do feel lucky. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Do you feel lucky? 
yeah, I do feel like a bit lucky. Like um, like living in Australia, like um, I think that's already like you're already doing like like have a better situation um than most people this um, in the world, and I think um definitely having like a full time job, especially through this pandemic, um definitely makes me feel a bit lucky as well. And like um like I've got friends, I've got like I'm not like wanting for money. Yeah. Um, so like I do feel lucky in that sense. Mm. That's that's an important thought, man. Mm. Like I feel like people who work in Canberra, like mm. a, who hold a full time position mm. and they've got a nice living space mm. and can enjoy the scenery and this air quality, mm. right? And this economy is mm. you've got to be super lucky for that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know where my future is, as in, yeah, no. like I said, um, like here or Nepal, I don't know. But mm. um, I- I've seen how things can go wrong, as in, yeah, mm. like Nepal is developing. Like, there's, yeah. like I remember when um, I was 14 years old, 14 till the age of 18, we didn't have electricity at all. Like, for 12 hours a day, no electricity, mm. right? And uh, people left the country left right and center back then mm. and things can go wrong and this what we have here is is beautiful mm. and you go outside there's nothing to really worry about yeah exactly yeah so yeah. in australia like like just ignoring all that um stuff about like you being like born and the stuff like that mm. do you feel lucky because like if you don't like um, if you do like why why not what was that again? So, like, um, I was kind of getting, like, a sense that you don't feel very lucky. Like, just ignoring the um, stuff about, like, being born. Like, the chances of being born, obviously, is a very low chance. But, like, just outside of that, you don't... Like, I'm just getting a sense that you don't feel lucky. No, I see what you mean. Uh, the reason why I say that is mm. because I feel like life can be so much bigger mm. than what it is right now. Mm. I feel lucky to be born and to have the things that I have, mm. right? But I feel like it can be made so much bigger. Mm. And I want to feel lucky when I've achieved those things mm. that I've, you know, that I could, that I've dreamed, dreamt of. Okay. And um, yeah, in that way, like mm. I was, you know, I'm happy to be born and to mm. have the things that I have. Mm. So that's, that's there. But what it can be is so big mm. and I want to, I want to be there to say, okay. okay, I feel fortunate. I'm lucky to have the things I have. Okay. Um, but at this point in time, you know, I have a good life. I yeah. have a decent life, okay. but I'm not really happy with decent. No, that's fair. Like, um, so what are the, what are your goals and like, what do you actually want to achieve? Like what's big for you? <laughs> oh. I really want to do the podcast forever. Oh, yeah, of course. As yeah. in for a long time. I wouldn't mm. say forever. Uh, I don't know what forever is. We don't know. But yeah. um, I want to do this for a long ass time. Of course. Um, yeah. At least till the day that I can. Um, I feel super comfortable and I know that I've done a good job. Mm. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Okay. One of the one of the biggest things I want to do in life is um, make podcasting a big part of my life. Okay. Basically. It's not a big part of your life now. Was it just like a small part? No, it it is. Um, no, it it is a big part. But mm. there is a different. Like it's. I, I feel like it'd be different if I could do this on a full time basis. Yeah, okay. you know, if it, so it could like, pay bills. Yeah, doing professionally. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, sure. Like something you you wake up and you think about the podcast all the time because mm. that's what you do that's yeah. your bread and butter yeah and i think i want i want to be at that stage okay and it's a long way to go yeah no, it, no, it's no. it's a long ass way to go i was having this conversation with vin as well like mm. it's if you're a doctor or an engineer or a scientist mm. it's tough to do what you're doing mm. even for a programmer right now with all these systems coming in the metaverse and nfts mm. and this and that it's tough to keep up with the technology um but to do something like make music or podcast mm. or you know write a book or something like that. It isn't a pathway. Yeah, no, no. It's um, it's like you're headed towards a direction with just belief. Yeah, no. And there's no concrete um, you know, formula. No, no, no. Like there's no licensing exam. Yeah, no, no. Like I think um, a lot of these like um, jobs where like your like essentially your talent like or your skills is more artistic based. I think it's definitely much much more difficult to 
make a living, like mm. singers and like um, actors and kind of stuff, and obviously podcasting. Yeah. So, yeah, no, people who do make it are like extraordinary. Like, exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know if like about podcasters, but obviously, um, I don't follow podcasters too much, but yeah, like, um, I don't know how many people like could actually say, or how many podcasts could actually say that they're making like a good living out of it. Very little. Yeah, okay. Like it's, it's not a good, uh, you know, source of income if mm. you're planning on making one, but mm. which I've heard, like yeah. I haven't, I haven't experienced it, but, um, there's not a lot of people really doing this as a full-time gig mm. and paying their full-time bills with yeah, this. Sure. Um, but no, mm. do, do you have some artistic interest as well? Uh, no, not really. To be honest, like I'm quite a boring person. I didn't really learn um any musical instruments and stuff like that. Like um, you yeah, ask no. good questions. Oh, thanks, man. Like I, I could have been like um, like I did think about like um, or even now, like I could probably do like a career change into like journalism or something like that. But I think I did a little bit. Like take the safe option a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like um, like you know, like journalism is kind of like um a dying industry, like people who do make it into like the big newspapers or like make it mm. on TV. It's like, especially like very, very hard to do that. Yeah. So maybe eventually I might take that leap one day for them. Yeah. Do you consider yourself lucky? Yeah, no, I think I, I said uh, that before. You, you did, but in, in terms of the work you do. <laughs> yeah, no, I think um, like, um, actually, I don't know if I should say this, but I do work for like, um, like a very like um like part like an APS department that um mm. many people would consider like um quite like very prestigious and like one of the um like um departments that um APS departments that people want to work for so I do feel like in that mm. sense you know what I said earlier as mm. in if you're in Canberra if you hold a full time position if you've got a nice place mm. to stay and if you've got food on the table and you can mm. you have the ability to pay your bills mm. um, you should consider yourself super duper lucky yeah no of course do you, do you agree to that statement oh I wouldn't say super duper lucky but I'll say lucky yeah mm. yeah. I think you'd say super duper lucky once you start visiting places that oh, yeah, don't no. have the luxury. Exactly. The yeah, maybe, yeah. But like super duper lucky is like being like um like a bloody billionaire or something like that. I mean, <laughs> I'm not you know, not that obviously. Mm. Um, I remember back in 2016, I'm going to make sure of the time as well because oh, yeah, like, we've, we've got plenty now. Yeah, it's fine. No, we've got plenty. Yes, yeah, yeah, checking the time. Yeah. <laughs> I remember back in 2016 uh, mm. when I first came to Australia, right? So, I was in Nepal uh, and I was working for a good organization. It was a, um, I was teaching students uh, about speaking English or, mm. you know, how to build a resume or how to present yourself on the stage and, and stuff like that. Mm. It was it was amazing. And I had a lot of um, fun with the people I was working with and the, the children there, they were they were amazing, like incredibly mm. talented, and they looked up to me, and I looked up to them. My respect was both ways. Um, and 2016 came in, and I decided to come here. Mm. And as an international student, uh, mm. as you may or may not, may not know, um, you've got a lot of responsibilities because you've you're basically living thousands of kilometers away from home for the first time ever mm. and you're trying to make sure you have enough funds to pay for your rent and you have funds to pay for your 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 bills or mm. your college which is thousands of dollars of it's not cheap no. at all and um at that point in time when you're starting your life from scratch you've got to be ready to do whatever start mm. from zero yep. and um I remember working in a cafe, like wake up at four o'clock in the morning mm. and um, go to this cafe to work and to make like make breakfast for the people who were supposed to come in, like the um, the people who worked in the city. Mm. And, and I was in this cafe one day, and I thought about you know I thought about the time in Nepal, like mm. a week ago, I was working in a school teaching mm. children how to speak English or present themselves on a stage and just professional development classes and a week after I'm working in a cafe in a CBD at 5.30 in the mm. morning just cutting bread and making sure mm. that the cafe is clean and, mm. and just so people can come in and enjoy mm. now no disrespect to the work that I did back then but that moment gave me so much clarity on life can be mm. and and how big this world is, like mm. where your life can go, depending on where you are. Mm. And it was it was such an incredible time for me, 2016, when I first came in. 
everything was new. Mm. Everything was new. Like, even the fact that, you know, we don't have trains back back in the past. Yeah, but yeah, uh, in Sydney, the, the trains network is, mm. is amazing. And yeah, it's not that great. I mean, no, uh, <laughs> compared to developing, I'm just making a joke. Um, <laughs> yeah, obviously, compared to developing countries, it's uh, uh, obviously even better. compared to Melbourne, it's 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 superior compared to Melbourne. Really? Yeah, I think no, so. I've been no. to Melbourne, man. I, I mean, I it's, don't know. You've been to Sydney, right, on the trains? Well, oh, not for a while, but like, yeah, I've heard. Well, it when was that? Like twenty years ago? Probably ten years ago. But no, I, I feel like it's gotten a lot better. Yeah, okay, sure, right. and. Uh, So anyways, I was saying, um, yeah, so everything was new and it gives you so much context of what life can be mm. and how big how big the spectrum of life is. Like mm. here you are and you think this is your world and tomorrow, you know, a turn of events could happen. Like mm. life could take a massive leap and you could be doing something else and the things you have today, you may not have it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, yeah. Did you experience, like, any culture shock or something like that? Or? Um, not really, no. Yeah, okay. It took me a while to sort of experience it because mm. when you first come in, you've got, you live in a bubble sort mm. of thing, right? Like, the same community mm. and uh, very close-knit communities living together. So, mm. not really, no. Yeah, okay. I think I started experiencing that when uh, I started making friends. Yeah, okay. Like, that's when I saw how different people can be as well. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think the only shock that is is still you know prevalent or distinct to me right now is um the idea of collectivism and individualism okay do you know about that yeah i know a little bit but like you can explain it, please <laughs> i mean yeah um like the western society in my opinion is very individualistic yes. not to say that you're selfish no it, sh- it just means that you think about yourself mm. more than you would think about a society mm. or um a collective uh, a collection of people mm. but in asia or any other developing countries um mm. it's not the same like you think about your family first you think mm. about um the people around you and anything you do like if you if you were to invite somebody to your house you you make sure that they eat and they're they're well fed like mm. they can't leave your house without eating um, and if you meet someone for the first time on the street, you invite them to your house, okay. right? Regardless of who they are. In Nepal. Um, in, in Nepal. Yeah. Okay. Like maybe it's an exaggeration when I say the first time, but yeah. once you get to know somebody, you feel super comfortable inviting yeah, okay. them for dinner or whatever yeah, sure. to your house. And, um, you treat guests with utmost respect. Mm. Like it's just, um, uh, you don't do that in Australia. You do treat people with respect, that's for yeah. sure, but you have boundaries. Yes, you have strict yes. boundaries, for yeah. sure. Like, you don't... Um, like, we've got a saying in Nepal, Atiti Devofawa, which means the guest is equivalent to God. Now, you tell me, is that the same in Australia? Obviously not, no. So, there you go. Like it's, And we treat people the same way as well. Like, when you come as a guest to your house, you'll be fed like a king. Mm. And... Um, it's different in Australia. Mm. It's it's not to say that it's bad. It's not mm. to say that the people don't care about others, but mm. it's um it's different. It's you, you you care about or you think about yourself first and you don't really you, you don't put, put as much importance or as much thought on the the need of the other person, I guess. Yeah. Or or pleasing the other person. Or, the, or society. Yeah. yeah. As much as you do back there. I'm sure you've experienced this when you went to Asia as well. You've seen things. Have you been to um, where your parents are from? Well, Vietnam? Vietnam and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, no, like I have like read about uh, quite a bit of this. Um, so, yeah, no, like I do like obviously see like instances of that. And like I think um, someone like uh, those traits have been like passed on to me and like um, the familial responsibilities and all that kind of stuff. And like just how like um, – um, society works and like and as well in the media like people are much more like especially in the like, western countries like the US and Australia like, like that you see like it's a lot about like um like what's like my personal freedom like and you can see it around like the um, anti-vaccination um, mandates and all that kind of stuff like um, mm. it's all about our rights rather than like um, what the community, community's rights are mm. while in like um Places like Asia, there's probably a bit less of that, and I think that goes back to the whole collectivist versus like um, individualistic um, cultures. Mm. 
Would you say, you know, growing up the way you did mm. with uh, with Vietnamese parents, were they they were born in Vietnam, right? Yeah, said, yeah. yeah. So that had a, uh, do, do you think that had a massive influence in how you functioned in the Australian society? Um, yeah, obviously, I think so. Like, I think all parents have a strong influence on their child. Like, I not hundred percent sure on like what like if you could you asked me to name the specifics i'm not 100 mm. percent sure off the top of my head but like i think obviously they did have an effect um and that but i think obviously growing up in australia like you'll also be influenced by that so i think um it's just a mix which i think is a experience that like most if not all people especially are people mm. from if their parents aren't born in australia i think it's um something that they're all experience. Yeah. Uh, I've talked to quite a few um, Indian um, kids who were born mm. here and um, a few Nepali kids as well who were born mm. here. And um, it's, it's, in, it's incredible to see how they grow up mm. um, to be years. And they've, they've got a huge influence of the Nepali culture as well. So mm. they, when you talk to them, you can really see that they, they grew up in that sort of society, mm. which is not a true reflection of what Nepal is, mm. but you can still, you, you can feel it when you talk mm. to a certain someone. When you're with somebody and you can really feel the aura, whether it's mm. positive or negative, mm. what kind of person they are. Sometimes you're horribly wrong mm. and that's what life is. It's fine. Mm. But you, you can really, I think it depends on your personality and if you, if you, mm. If or not, you think the other person's personality matches with yours and you sort of make a judgment mm. of them. But, but yeah, you can really feel it. Okay. Mm. Uh, to be honest, I, well, I think I do understand what you're talking about, but like, um, like I try to not make assumptions. Like, from, like I'm guessing mm. a lot of it has to do with like the way a person looks. Like, I try to like actually like talk to the person and I try to get to know them and then make the judgment, but like I do definitely see. Mm. What you're talking about? But do you not think it's it's just natural for you to make judgments? Oh no, it's definitely. It doesn't natural. have to be negative. No, definitely. Like everyone makes judgments, but um, I think like um, you need to like kind of consciously overcome that and like try to work your way through it. Mm. Like obviously, there's like like a whole <clears throat> lot of unconscious bias um uh, in the works as well. But like I think there's just um. Like ways that you just need to be conscious of um, overcoming that, like that, that, like um, your assumptions or your judgments, um, they may be affected by things that really just um, are just not right, or yeah, mm. that are just not correct. I think when you believe in certain principles, when you believe in certain things, and if the person, if the other person mm. dances according to what your view of life is, mm. I think you make a you then make a judgment uh, whether positive or negative like I want to have conversations with open-minded people like yeah, sometimes you know sometimes conversations could lead to uh, vulnerable topics hmm. and I want to be okay with that yeah um, no, of course yeah it, it really has always been how you communicate and um, I'm not perfect obviously hmm. and I feel like I really become good or bad friends with people depending on how their communication style is mm. you don't always have to be chatting or always have mm. to be talking but the style is so important for me okay like it's um like we discussed about earlier as okay. well like open communication is yeah no is the way to go yeah okay and um i find it really hard to work with people or just you know be friends with people who have a hard time communicating yeah like open communication yeah kind of thing sure no i think um yeah that's definitely like um the aim to have open communication i think um and mm. practice can be like um it'd be harder like i'm not going to share you like like my deeply mm. held secrets like that so mm. but stuff like that obviously open conversation like um not being like um like being like true to yourself i think um like me being true to um like feeling that you can be true to yourself like around other people that's that's like what you want to aim for exactly yeah. that that's so beautifully put oh thanks. that that that's exactly it yeah yeah. yeah. So, Kevin, man, what are you? What are your plans? What do you look forward to for um, in the next few years? <laughs> next few years. Yeah. Uh, I honestly, I don't plan that much. So, but um, 
one thing that I'm probably I'm thinking about is doing like um, further education. Mm-hmm. Um, so potentially doing like a master's um, overseas somewhere. Oh, nice. Like, um, like a master's of public policy or master's of uh, public administration mm-hmm. in another country, I think, um, just to experience what it's like um, living in another country. Where are you planning to? Uh, so I don't really have any set countries, but um, I am looking at um, like Singapore, um, France, uh, England, but there yeah, could be anywhere, honestly. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough choice, man. But oh yeah, how did you do? Why why did you choose Australia? Ah, oh, you're asking some tough questions there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I I liked Australia for how it was, how it looked like mm. um, to the outside world, and especially in 2016, we, mm. we, Australia was growing like crazy, yeah. like tech companies, from tech companies to. Um, developments in terms of engineering and yes. science yep. it was at its peak and yep. i really wanted to study at macquarie university as okay. well it was it was good and mm. the choices were um either the us the uk or australia okay. mostly you know because when you're most people want to aim to go to a an english speaking country no, and these yeah these three were the top choices but I don't know. I just wanted to be here. It just looks so sunny and bright. It Actually. is. It's a, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I've enjoyed my years here. Um, but yeah, that was that was a choice. Do you ever think about like what it would be like if you chose the UK or the US? I think about that quite often. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but you you really don't know. It's like shorting yeah, this no. cat. Yeah, it's, no, exactly. You'd, you'd only experience it if it really happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. I don't know what whatever happens has happened oh, till course, now, yeah. and course, um, yeah. where it's leading. I think it's it's for for the better. Mm. It's, it's it's really changed me as a person. Yeah. Okay. If you spoke to me to me five years ago, maybe I'd sound more cocky, and mm. maybe because I was younger. But yeah, no, no, of course. But I feel like the experiences have made me more humble. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Australia has humbled you. Yeah, to a certain okay. extent. That's once, cool. like I said, when, once you get context of what life could be yeah, and sure. what you're missing out on, yeah. Um, then, yeah, it really puts you in the right position, I think. Yeah, no, I think um, definitely in, um, like, developed countries, like, wealthy countries, like um, Australia, US, UK, and, like, Europe and stuff like that, I think, um, like, you do have, like, um, obviously the media, you have, like, your expectations raised quite a mm-hmm. little bit. Like, um, you see, like, people, millionaires, and they own, like, their... Like jet skis having like models like all around them. I think um, you do kind of get that um, uh, envy. Like, why can't my life be like that? Mm. While like in people in more developed uh, in developing countries, they probably just don't have like they don't even consider that like my life is going to be like in Vietnam or something like that. For example, they're not going to aspire to anything like that. Yeah, they just want to live, man. Exactly. Yeah, right. it's all about survival for them. While we want to, like, exactly. Yeah, they just want to make sure that their food's sorted for the month. Exactly. The week, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Like, there's a joke about immigrants in New York, as in they don't give a shit about pronouns. Yeah. No. Right. They yeah. just want to go to work. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's the same thing for them as well. Yeah. No. No. Exactly. It's all about just um, yeah, as you said, just making enough money to put food on the table mm. while we. Well, like, obviously, our needs, like, most of the people in Australia, their needs are, like, those ba- the basic needs are satisfied, so they want more fulfillment in other areas. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And sometimes that can be near impossible to achieve when you have, like, media raising your expectations. Um, All the time, right? Yeah. Too much noise. And social media as well, yeah. as well. That's why you got to disconnect once in a oh, while. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I love that. I, lo- I love disconnecting w- once in a while. Like, yeah. I try to do it once a week, but it didn't yeah, work yeah. out. But okay, yeah. yeah. I want to go to this um, retreat called Vipassana where you don't use your phone or even talk to anyone okay. for for days, for okay. I think nine or ten days. Where's um, this? Sorry? I don't know. I think Blacktown. Okay. It started from Asia, but um, mm. yeah, it's a retreat, basically. Okay. You, you go there, you don't use your phone, okay. obviously. You don't talk to people. You're just mm. by yourself, okay. thinking in your thoughts, and um, mm. yeah, I'd love to do that. Okay, what's stopping you? The time, man. Okay. Got to work to pay bills. That's okay. the thing. Right. That's that's the vicious cycle. <laughs> is it expensive this place? It is. Yeah. Okay, sure. Um, 
it's it's really not about the ticket price to get there, but it's just what you miss out on. As in, you know, um, you've got to take off, yeah, get time off work, and yeah. not everyone's lucky like you, Kevin, getting annual leaves. Like some people okay. work on a casual basis. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> but you're a buddy uni You have like buddy. Uh, like three months holidays or something like that. Nah, yeah. nah but you've got to work at that point in time. Like yeah. it's, All right, it's not free. Yeah, okay. It's not a free a free country in terms of. Yeah, okay, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> you got to pay for things. Yeah, sure. Buddy. sure. <laughs> Anyways, man, Kevin, it's it's been fun. Yeah, bro. no, it's been great. Yeah. yeah. It's been fun. Some tough questions me. from your end. And oh, no, no, it's all good. Like some, I'm not sure if people have tried to be play the interview well for you, but like, yeah, maybe someone can interview you someday. Someday, yeah. But I think this is the most I've been interviewed. Okay. The most I've been asked questions. And it's 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 kind of um, amazing to be on the other side. Yeah. Okay. Trying to answer questions, but... <laughs> Get uh, your future guests to do more. Otherwise, I can come back and we can have a real interview. A hard interview. A, interview. a hard interview. A hard-hitting interview. <laughs> yeah. that, that'd be fun. Yeah. Okay. That, that, that'd be fun. But we'll, we'll do it again, man. Um, oh, sounds good. I, I feel like... Um, um, I feel like I can have um, good conversations with you without any fear of judgment. Oh, I don't judge. Don't worry. Mm. Yeah, do whatever you want. I don't care. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah, yeah. cool. That was not a that, that was not a sarcastic. I can I tell. Know, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah, uh, but cheers, man. It was it was fun. Um, I'm not sure how long we've been recording for, but whatever. That, um, no, it's but, all good. Uh, we'll do it again. But thanks for this, man. Cool. Thanks, man. Cheers. Right, Bye-bye. Woo! Oh, oh nice, man. <laughs>